Hi, and welcome to the very first Real Breakdowns podcast. I never thought I would ever be doing a podcast, but quarantine has given me a real breakdown, and naturally, I am starting a Real Housewives podcast. I have been watching The Real Housewives forever since it started with Orange County, and you know what? In a weird way, I kind of feel like The Real Housewives are all like my crazy aunts in my head. And it's my favorite show. It's my guilty pleasure. So I'm going to be covering all the Real Housewives drama. Uh, Beverly Hills, New York, Atlanta right now. Who knows what's going to be happening in the future with the shows in production. Um, but I'm also going to get into some pop culture hot topics. My favorite artist, Lady Gaga, Lana Del Rey. And some more, maybe just some occasional rants. Who knows? Um, I'm going to try and do new episodes on Fridays just because of the way that the Housewives shows are scheduled right now with Wednesday being Beverly Hills, Thursdays being New York, and then Fridays you'll have me. Um, today's show is going to recap Beverly Hills, New York, Atlanta, but I want to start off briefly with the breaking music news, Lady Gaga has a new single out with Ariana Grande called Rain On Me. And I've loved Lady Gaga literally since she first came out. I don't have that many favorite artists, but her and Lana are my top two. And I'm so happy Gaga has returned to original Lady Gaga because I could not handle the Joanne pink cowboy hat era, whatever you would like to call it. It was just not me at all. And it was the first Lady Gaga album that I did not purchase. So she's back with Chromatica and Rain On Me. It's not exactly what I was expecting, but the more I listened to it, the more I turned into that Camille Grammer gif of her dancing in Vegas season one of Beverly Hills. I was definitely into it. It's a gay anthem. Um, Ariana Grande sounds amazing on it. And I just... I. I'm glad that she is just back to dance floor Lady Gaga. That's who I love. And that's really what I need right now, to be honest. I need, you know, just something to dance alone to. Because we all know there ain't going to be no clubs opening soon. Unless you're probably in like one of those states like Georgia or Texas where everything seems to be opening. Um, but I am in Los Angeles, California. And there are no clubs opening. And... Also, in the music realm, before we get to the housewives, Lana caused quite a stir on Instagram, didn't she? I was living for it. That post, it was Savage, Savage, if you will. And I don't understand all of these morons, to be honest, who are like literally coming at her throat. Do they not read the post? The post was not dragging anybody. She was just listing off names that had current, you know, hits on the radio and whatever, streaming. And I think people were just trying to look for something that wasn't there. Lana is totally right, in my opinion. She is a brilliant poet and artist that is just incredible. And I don't think enough people truly appreciate her. I think you really have to have some sort of deep, introspective you know, personality to really get her and have her music touch you. 
you know, if you're into like superficial music or superficial things, she's just a deep person who just gets it and gets me and I love her and everybody else really is just, they are overreacting to nothing. Okay, that was my music roundup. Now we can get into Housewives. So we'll start with Beverly Hills, which is definitely a whole new energy. This season feels so different and it was, it needed a different energy. It really, really did. I was not, season eight was the worst season ever because of, you know who, Teddy. Um, I don't know if she was supposed to be hired as a production assistant behind the scenes and then somehow she got onto the show. I don't get it. I don't know who in casting thought that she would make a good Real Housewife because she wouldn't even be good on the Food Network as a personality. She's just so boring to me. It's like watching paint dry. Um, so it's a good thing she's not the focus of this season. Uh, we have two new housewives, Garcelle, who was the more overhyped person. She had the, you know, recognizable name, an actress. And I think people were really excited. I was excited to see her. I think it's very important to have diversity in the Housewives cast. So I'm glad there was finally, um, you know, the first... African-American Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. I think Garcelle is good, not great. I think there's still more to see from her. She's not a bad housewife, but she's just not, you know, wowing me. The real star of this entire show, she has stolen the spotlight and she's not even a housewife technically because of something with her husband not wanting her children to film, but Regardless, she should be holding the center diamond. We have a new gay icon of the Real Housewives franchise, Sutton Strack. I literally, she, Sutton Strack, queen gay icon Sutton Strack, is truly one of the only things getting me through this quarantine. She is giving me entertainment. She is giving me sass. She is giving me confessional realness. She is a legend and we're only five episodes in. I mean, she has called Teddy boring. Okay. We've all wanted to say that. Camille did it, but for some reason, production and Bravo make the best people like Camille Grammer and Sutton Strack friends. Sutton Strack has contributed more to Beverly Hills than Teddy has in three seasons. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Sutton Strack, and I love, first of all, can we talk about her name? Sutton. Hello, Sutton. I mean, that is just legendary in and of itself. And then the last name, Strack. Sutton Strack, gay icon extraordinaire. I just, she is authentic. She is everything. She is the moment. And Sutton Strack already has catchphrases. I mean, when she said, let the mouse go, you had your fun, now let the mouse go. I mean, I was screaming at the television. I have to say, Sutton just gives me everything. She is a star of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I I don't know if production does not want her to know her own power and influence, but she's stealing the show. She She is what a new housewife should be. That is what every new housewife should be. 
when production is casting these housewives, they should not be looking for anybody less than Sutton Strack. Sutton Strack is probably the best rookie that has ever graced Real Housewives. I mean, I would even dare to say she is probably surpasses Dorinda and Shannon Bedore. She, Kenya Moore was really probably one of the strongest rookies, but Sutton Strack for Beverly Hills by far takes the cake, and I just can't wait to see more of Sutton. Sutton is given something, something new to the show, and something that Teddy will never bring, and Teddy, if she insists on being on the show, and Kyle insists on having her be on the show, she should be the friend, because that is what I think of Teddy, Kyle's friend. She is not a housewife. She has never been a housewife, even though she has held a diamond. This is her third season holding a diamond. Three seasons too many. I just don't understand what it is about her. You know, actually, hold on. The Karens and the Susans of the world worship Teddy. So obviously, I think Bravo is probably trying to market towards the Karens and the Susans of the world. But the Karens and the Susans of the world who stand Teddy do not understand Sutton. And Sutton is the moment, and nobody would be talking about Real House of the Beverly Hills, quite frankly, this season, at least to this degree, if Sutton was not on the show. So I live for her, and I can't wait to see more of Sutton. Now, on the last episode, and I think so far this season, there's been a theme of Kyle and Teddy's uh, rather intense friendship, and I it's not a bizarre friendship because girlfriends, you know, are close. They do those things. I don't think it's uncommon for girlfriends to share a bed together at a sleepover or do things together, but they just seem oddly defensive of their friendship. Just as Lisa Rinna would say, own it, baby. Own it. I, I just think that Kyle has a lot of influence on casting. And I think that really has a lot to do with Teddy's role in the show because Kyle loves her so much. But, and you know what? Camille Grammer, legend Camille Grammer, gay icon Camille Grammer, she alluded to, I believe in some tweets, that Kyle really does run Real Houses of Beverly Hills because the show was originally based on Kyle, Kim, and Kathy, And then Kathy dropped out. So Kyle and Kim allegedly were the first two. And then they built Real Houses of Beverly Hills around them, allegedly. Um, So Kyle obviously has some pull. She shouldn't. And Teddy has really just got to go. Um, As far as the other housewives, I think Denise Richards is definitely stepping it up this season. She is giving also gay icon realness, that eyebrow smirk at the end of the trailer and that they're teasing almost every uh, every commercial for the show. She is bringing it. And I wonder if Denise is doing this because I heard, allegedly, that Denise was paid and hired and cast for Real Houses of Beverly Hills in a multi-season deal with a really big paycheck. So production is, you know, maybe stuck with her and already paid her. I don't really know the details. And they're like, listen, Denise, you have to bring it this season because you were a dud last time. 
And she is. There's something a little kooky and off about Denise Richards. Something fun and entertaining, but odd. And I don't know how much of this... I, I, I do notice that they're, they're all trying to bring it. I do notice, and I think that might be because of Vanderpump's exit, and they wanted to make this show really work without her. But whatever it is, with the exception of Teddy... They're all working. They're all working for their checks. And I like that. I have to say, I actually like Erica a lot more this season. She found her groove. And I think she's actually bringing something to the show. When she had that moment and exchange with Kyle at her house, and she goes, and I actually consider you to be one of them, meaning, you know, in reference to Kyle's line about her not having good friends. That was real. That was actually a moment that I think caught Erica off guard. And I liked it. I have to say, I like Erica. Dorit, hmm. You know, I go back and forth with Dorit. I think Dorit has some good moments. I like when she's thug Reet, Dorit. Um, her and PK look like the cat burglars in that little confessional with her with that zebra and the motorcycle hat. And PK with this weird necklace. You know, I saw PK out um, a while ago when I think it was like season season eight um, was airing. And I saw him walking outside of Villa Blanca. Um, and I can't help but get PK. But I digress. Dorit, mm, she brings something, but she doesn't. I feel like Dorit doesn't ever get real, real, real on the show. And that's kind of what I don't like about her. I do think she has some good moments. I appreciate, you know, the fashion that she tries to bring. Um, Some of it is really over the top. But that's kind of become her persona. But at the same time, I feel like if she were on the show with Brandy Glanville, Brandy would have forced her to get real and really go there. But she's had such an easy cast to work with that... It's like no one's pushing her. But maybe this season she'll crack. Who knows? Um, Moving on to New York. I just watched uh, the last episode. New York this season, honestly, like, I'm just going to say it. It's it's not that great. I mean, is Ramona always entertaining? Yes. Is Luann always entertaining? Yes. Sonia... She's gotten very sloppy and it's become sad for me to watch. I think some of her drunken antics in the past have been amusing, but now it's, it's really, it's actually getting sad. I don't really like to see her get that wasted and, you know, her hair is looking just, you know, with the clips and the extensions looking all ratted. It, it's just, there's... Bethany's absence has been felt for me since the beginning. Bethany, I feel, is an integral part of The Real Houses of New York. And I know this is going to be a rather controversial opinion, so hold on to your wigs, especially all of the people who hate Jill Zarin. And I know there are so many that do, and I'm not saying I love her as a person, because I don't. Um, But I think we can all acknowledge that Jill Zarin was great for the show. She was. She cast, I think, half of them. She cast Bethany on the show. She cast Lou on the show. And she cast Ramona. 
I think the only person she didn't cast in the first season was uh, Alex McCord. Um, and I think with Bethany gone, Real Houses of New York needs a captain of the ship, a driving force, someone who acts as like the Greek chorus. And as much as Ramona is an OG, she's not that captain. You know, without Bethany and Jill in the season five and six era of New York, the show really suffered. The ratings tanked. The rating this season have gone way down. And I don't think you could just blame the pandemic because Beverly Hills has gone up. So Jill, I definitely feel this was her time to come back. But I feel like Andy Cohen hates her so much. Will never, ever give her an apple to hold again. Not even a rotten apple. Not even an apple seed to hold. Okay? But... I think Jill Zarin, you know, she really screwed up. And I think, I think the problem with Jill is she tried to control the process and she was probably a nightmare to work with behind the scenes with production and everything went to her head and she just left such a bad taste in everybody's mouth, probably on, you know, the production end of things that nobody will have her back in, you know, a large capacity. But I do think she is what's missing. Leah is the new girl, the new housewife. And I know from what I've seen on the Twitter, a lot of people seem to like Leah. I don't dislike Leah, but I do feel, and I'm just being honest, she is overrated. She's not a bad housewife, but she's she's just... (laughs) She's not New York. She's not Real Housewives of New York. There's never been a housewife like her. I think it's taking the show in a very different direction. You definitely feel the age gap between her and the other housewives. Um, I feel like Leah maybe was like a veteran on Bad Girls Club or something. One of those kinds of shows. I feel like Leah is who the New Jersey Housewives producers wanted Jackie to be. Like she's like a better Jackie. And they are giving her a lot of airtime. She's really taking a huge chunk of airtime this season. And, you know, the tiki torches, I get it. It's, you know, crazy drunken antics, but ratings are down for New York. So everyone who's screaming that they love her so much on Twitter and they hate Jill Zarin, obviously everyone who says that is not watching the show because ratings are down. And I think they're continuing on a decline. It's just, quite frankly, kind of boring, even though Lou, Romana, and Sonia, and, you know, Dorinda, we didn't even get to Dorinda, Mm. you know, Dorinda, she's taken a dork turn, she's taken a dork turn this season, I think she thought she, she was going to be the new Bethany, and she is nothing of the sort, she is mean. She's mean and an angry drunk, but we've always known that. But this season, you know, she has this new soprano kind of hairdo. It looks like she just came from New Jersey down at a river doing some shady business. I don't know. But, you know, this is not a good Dorinda season. It's just not. Maybe it will change. But overall, I feel like New York is lacking. Do I watch it? Of course. 
I've, I even watched season five and six specials. This is rivaling. I feel like this is kind of getting to be season six. It's just not that great, but it's better than, it's better than season six. I will say that, you know, season six didn't have Dorinda. It didn't, but we'll see what happens. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. Beverly Hills definitely takes the cake so far. By and large, Beverly Hills is the star of the franchise right now. Um, moving on to Atlanta. This season was also not great. It was better than last season with the, the shoulder shrug girl, Shamari. Um, but you know what? I think the problem with Atlanta right now is that Nini and Kenya are two alphas and they are not going to relinquish, you know, their, their stance on each other and they're not playing together. And when you have two larger than life characters, two alpha housewives that are in a way refusing to sort of play the game, it doesn't work. You know, Kenya, she came back, she knew what she was getting paid to do, and she always has, but it just, this season has felt like antics without substance, and I just don't think it's a good mix. I think Cynthia and Eva definitely have got to go. Cynthia has overstayed her welcome for, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many years. I, for a while, thought that she was working for free just so she could get, you know, airtime to promote her, you know, Cynthia Bailey eyewear, Cynthia Bailey doormats, Cynthia Bailey toilet plungers, whatever she is promoting, all of these businesses. And what does she have? A warehouse now that she calls a wine wine cellar? I don't know. She's got to go. Eva, Eva was a really great reality TV star 20 years ago or whenever she was on Top Model. Um, I remember watching that show as a kid and Eva was, you know, interesting, but the reality TV game has changed and she is no longer a good reality TV star. I think she tries in her own way, but it just seems very forced. And when people try that hard, it's just not good. And all of these hanger honors, the friends, Marlo has been a friend since season four. They need to I, figure out what they want to do with her. Personally, I don't think she should be a housewife. I know a lot of people are rooting her for her to be, but it's, it's, it's done. It's tired. It's like, go home. I don't want her to be a housewife and they need to get rid of all of the friends, not just Marlo. Tanya, who, you know, seems like a very enthusiastic kind of tour guide. I'm, she's very sweet, I'm sure. She seems like a very kind lady. I don't know what she's doing on the show. Um, I don't know what production is thinking, but Tanya's got to go. Marla's got to go. Cynthia's got to go. Eva's got to go. Um, as far as Nene, Nene, hmm. I feel like she's her own worst enemy. I really do. She cusses out production like, you know, she's not going to get fired. And season nine without her was actually quite successful. So, and this reunion, her walking off the reunion, not a good move. I just don't really see, you know, she talked a big game going into the reunion 
And she had some good lines with Eva. You know, the 17 years was the last time you was on top and you would save $17. That was good, but she kind of got buried a little bit. And I think she lost her footing. And I do have to say, the best read of the entire season wasn't the social distancing um, comment from Portia. The best was Kenya. Oh, I, I was on the floor. When she said she doesn't know if she's watching a Real Houses reunion or a scene from White Chicks, Tanini. Oh, oh, that was just, mm. you know, when Kenya gives a good read, she gives a good one. And she came in very calm. She wasn't screaming. She wasn't getting loud. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do moving forward, you know, whenever production does decide to resume, because I know Georgia is one of those states where everything's sort of going um, crazy right now, like as far as reopening and really pushing the limit with that. So who knows about them? But I definitely think the friends and Cynthia and Eva, they got to go. They got to go. And I know a lot of people want Phaedra back, but honestly, Phaedra did something way too low. Phaedra was great for the show. I definitely get it. She was really entertaining and she definitely made her mark on the franchise, but you just can't go. You can't do that. You just can't. There's no coming back from that. Um, who should come back is Sheree. She, bat Sheree. Now, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, late September, spring, summer, uh, joggers, but she needs to come back. And I think Andy knows it. There was some negotiation issue, but I miss Sheree. And she Sheree brings some heart to the show. And Sheree doesn't, I don't feel she tries too hard. She's an OG. And I think people forget she is an OG. I miss Sheree. I like Sheree. Um, I feel like Nene and Kenny need to have a heart to heart with producers. One of, you know, they're going to have to play together or one of them is going to have to go. And I think Kenya is more favored by production and the network because Nini, you know, didn't didn't she beat like a camera guy or something or knock his teeth out when she pulled his shirt back last season? And she's very unapologetic and she's sitting there going on her YouTube channel or Instagram live or whatever she does right now. Um, and she's really going in on the production company and Bravo about her check. And it's like, girl, you think you are invincible. And, you know, season nine went on without you. And it was, as far as I remember, it was quite successful. It was, it was a good season. Um, so don't think that it, you're invincible because they fired OGs. So I don't know what you're doing, but I don't know if Ryan Murphy is calling. Just saying, just saying. Um, all right. Well, I think this is a good enough premiere episode. Uh, I feel like that was a good real breakdown. So anyway, uh, if you want to keep updated with this podcast, follow me on Twitter at Real Breakdowns. And I am going to try and do these every Friday, like I said. So thank you for listening and I will see you on the next one. Bye.